Good morning, Crossroads, friends and guests. My name's Dennis Miles, and I'm married to Tracy Deal Miles. We've been coming to Crossroads for here quite a while. And, and this is Haiti Sunday. And I would like to talk missions a little bit. Uh, the Crossroads family has many who serve locally in the community and around the country and overseas, doing what God has called us to do and having faith in His guidance and direction. As Pastor Eddie teaches us, God wants us to use our talents and treasures to help bring people to Christ. As one pastor I heard speak, and I quote, we are not saved to sit. We at Crossroads are proactive to help the needy. Can I, I get an amen on that? This is, like I said, this is Haiti Sunday, and we have a team of eight going to Haiti next month. And we're going to put a roof on this pavilion where they had the medical clinic. Right now, they just got a tarp over it. And we're going to go down and build trusses and, and put a metal roof on that and, and probably enclose that. And they're going to have a nice facility for their medical trips and teacher training and, and what have you. The people that are going, we got eight guys. Uh, myself, Grant Bryant, Bill Snodgrass, Jim Bolin, Scott Justice. Dan English, Tom McCluskey, and his friend Randall. And like I said, we're going to build them trusses and put that roof on. And of course, we welcome back Dr. Ellis. The New Life for Haiti is out of Plainfield, Illinois, and we have a special guest today. And she is with her family, her husband Michael and Lily. They're down here. Would you please raise your hand? Make them welcome, please. <laughs> Our special guest is Marnie Van Wick. She is on the New Life for Haiti staff and has served as a volunteer for many years, including heading up the Haitian teacher training program and is responsible for connecting the new and existing faith-based partners to impact relationships with children, churches, and villages in Haiti. And she's also fantastic with travel arrangements to our trips to Haiti, because I can put a snag in those every once in a while, so. She helps me out a lot, a lot there, so we really appreciate that. So would you please help me welcome New Life for Haiti Faith Missions Coordinator, Marnie Van Wick. Good morning, everyone. As Dennis said, my name is Marnie, and I am a, the Faith Missions Coordinator with New Life for Haiti, and I'm also a member of Life Spring Community Church in Plainfield, Illinois. And LifeSpring is longtime friends of Crossroads. And, uh, but New Life for Haiti is what brings me here this morning, why Pastor Eddie and Kurt and Dennis have invited me here today, and I thank them for that. And my husband and, and Michael and Lily and I are all very grateful to be worshiping with you this morning. I've only been to this area once before, to Duggar, this past May, when I had the pleasure of meeting Debbie Ellis and some of the folks at the Lions Club then. And I'm just very pleased to be able to meet some more of you Crossroad folks this morning. So thank you for welcoming us. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for blessing me with the opportunity to speak to your church today. Thank you for Crossroads and all of the folks that have made us feel so welcome here. I pray this morning that your words would be my words and that those words that I speak to the people this morning, that you will speak through them and that you will speak clearly. 
May the message I bring this morning be a blessing to those who hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. So a little bit of a funny story to start off with, just kind of an icebreaker because this, this is a big crowd. This is a beautiful church. It's a little bit distracting standing up here preaching because there are so many beautiful things to look at. <laughs> um, so I'm going to break the ice a little bit and let you know that uh, I visit churches on a regular basis, and part of what I do before I come to a church is I poke around on your website a little bit and just kind of get a feel for what the flavor of the church is. And I really have a passion for missions. So I was poking around Crossroads website, you know, being nosy because I'm really good at that. And I found that you guys, just like LifeSpring back home, put your audio recordings on your website so that people can listen to them that couldn't make it to church, which I think is wonderful. And I got, ended up getting very distracted by Pastor Eddie's message from last week, which, if you were here, you know was the mission. And uh, it, was, it was such a good message that I thought I'd use it again this morning. Nothing wrong with that, right? So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to review Pastor Eddie's message from last week. But... Yeah, I know. It was a great message. So, well, not exactly all of it, and a, and a little bit faster, but you'll see in a few minutes why it's so perfect for what I'm going to share with you today about New Life for Haiti. So bear with me for a few minutes. So one of the first thing, things Pastor Eddie shared last week in his message is that the church, the body of Christ, is in perpetual motion. And isn't that the truth? There are always things changing. There are always needs and there is always work that needs to be done in the kingdom of God. And we feel that at New Life for Haiti. Always needs, always projects, always work to be done. And next, Pastor Eddie talked about some statistics. The fact that there are fewer and fewer workers every year, but that doesn't change the harvest. The field of God is preparing, the field that God is preparing is always overflowing with potential and possibilities. And then Pastor Eddie talked a little bit about Crossroads. He said that missions is part of your DNA here at Crossroads. And he also talked a little bit about your mission statement. And I really love your mission statement. And when I read it, I thought, boy, Crossroads and New Life for Haiti have a lot in common. Some of the parts of your mission statement really connect with our mission at New Life for Haiti. For instance, you want to impact your community. And New Life for Haiti is doing that every day when we give people opportunities to be the church. You want to reproduce churches. Guess what? New Life for Haiti is rebuilding churches right now destroyed by Hurricane Matthew. And you want to build nations. I can't think of too many better ways to build nations than by, than by investing in children, the future of God's kingdom. So I wasn't here last week, obviously, but I think Pastor Eddie showed you all a video clip. And I couldn't tell exactly if it was a video clip or a, an audio clip because I was just listening to the message. But it sounded like a video clip of John Piper. That man is on fire for the Lord. In that clip, John Piper says there is an immeasurable and infinite need to reach the unreached. And let me tell you, when I walk through the mountains surrounding the area where New Life for Haiti is working in the Grandance River Valley of Haiti, I see it. I see the immeasurable and infinite need. And I also see people who are hungry. They're hungry for love. They're hungry for hope. 
And John Piper talks about the fact that God needs two kinds of people. He needs zealous goers, and he needs zealous senders. Some of your own Crossroads folks, as Dennis talked about, are going to be zealous goers next month. They're actually going to come to Haiti with us and put their hands to the plow, the hammer, actually. But they're going down to Haiti to help us with that roofing project. They're going to be zealous goers. And maybe someday you'll get to do that. But for a lot of you, God is calling you to be zealous senders, people supporting the mission behind the scenes, but still in real and tangible ways. And I'll talk more about that later. So next, Pastor Eddie, and thanks for, again, for writing such a great sermon, Pastor Eddie, last week. Next, he talked about fields and farming. Now, I did not grow up in a farming community. I've always been more of a suburban girl. But my husband grew up in rural Iowa. So this next thing really resonates with him, I'm sure. Pastor Eddie talked about how people need others to bring Christ to them. What he said is that the kingdom of God is not a no-till system, which honestly, I did not get until I Googled it, but now I do. And since most of the Haitian folks where we work are subsistence farmers, which means they're farming just to stay alive, this is something I'm sure they could relate to. Life in Haiti is hard. Every day is a struggle for survival. As Eddie said, people don't usually stumble upon Christ. They have to be brought into the harvest. Next, Pastor Eddie told a funny story about his friends Norman and Chuck and their crappie fishing. Pastor Eddie talked about our sphere of influence and about how our ability to impact others in the kingdom of God will remain very small, just like this guy's fishing hole, unless we choose to increase it. And one of the ways we can do that is by reaching out and beyond our own lives, beyond our own communities even, and into the needs of the world around us. And according to Pastor Eddie, and I believe it too, the Holy Spirit will lead us to where the fish are biting. At New Life for Haiti, we believe that there are many, many fish biting in Haiti right now, but the bait is poor. And if we want to pull in a bountiful catch, we have to offer the right bait. If we want to have a plentiful harvest, we can't lose sight of the people all around us in the world, the people who need the love and hope of Jesus Christ. And we have to try to begin seeing the world through the eyes of Christ. When we see things from God's perspective, we see the world around us with a different level of compassion. We allow our hearts to be softened toward the suffering and need of his people for hope and restoration. And one of the last things Pastor Eddie talked about in his sermon last week was that we need to have what he called a missional imagination. That is Vincent Van Gogh's portrait called The Sower, and I think it's a great illustration for missional imagination. I had not heard those two words used together before, but I thought, what a wonderful combination. When we have a missional imagination, we are listening for the Lord's leading. And if we're obedient, God will take us out in the world. He'll open doors. He'll show us ways to give, ways to help. In other words, the Lord will help us learn how to be zealous senders or zealous goers. 
And finally, I'd like to wrap up the synopsis of Pastor Eddie's sermon last week with a quote from none other than Pastor Eddie. Isn't that a beautiful group of kids? Last week, Pastor Eddie ended his sermon by saying this. It's not the church of God that has a mission. It's the God of mission that has a church. And he's put us in this world to be the church. God is calling us to be heavily involved in his mission in new and creative ways. Those were Pastor Eddie's words a week before I got here. Pretty awesome. God is good. So thank you, Pastor Eddie, for perfectly framing what I'm here to talk to you about this morning, the mission of New Life for Haiti. First, I'd like to say thank you to you, Crossroads folks. We are so thankful that Crossroads has been a part of the ministry of New Life for Haiti and the work we've been doing in the Grandons River Valley since 2005. And thanks to a generous gift last year from you Crossroads folks and the generosity of some other donors as well, New Life for Haiti was able to build and open its sixth school, the School of Hope, which now serves as a model for other schools in this area. The School of Hope was built to give other schools an example of quality educational philosophy and methods. It opened in September of 2016 with 75 students in three kindergarten classes. Class sizes are limited to 25 children as opposed to 60 or 70 students that some classrooms have in this area. The classes at the School of Hope have educational materials and books as opposed to many schools which have limited or no materials. And the teachers are trained to teach using updated and effective methods of instruction, departing from the traditional methods of rote memorization and recitation used in many schools in this area. So thank you, Crossroads, for doing that. You made a huge difference in this area. I'd like to tell you a little bit about New Life for Haiti's history. Since 1996, our director, there he is, Fran Lehman, he's also been our pastor for the last 22 years, and he and his wife, Linda, are dear friends of ours. So since 1996, Fran has been making trips to Haiti, and after a decade, he and a few others decided that it was time to pick one place and try to make a long-term difference. And they began to explore a remote and very poor river valley at the end of Haiti's southern peninsula. And I believe some of your Crossroads folks might even have been a part of that early exploration trip. So they decided to set up New Life for Haiti's headquarters in the village of Marfranc, right along the Grandance River. And the first couple of years were spent building relationships with people and villages along that river and building a house for our staff and teams, which you see in the picture. You may be aware now, thanks to Dennis, that a group of men from Crossroads and the Sullivan area will travel to New Life for Haiti to Marfranc in December to put a roof on the pavilion that will be used for medical clinics, teacher training, pastors' conferences, classes, and events for children. And we are so grateful that they are doing that. That team will fly into Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and then they'll take a small airplane out to Jeremy, which is circled in the top yellow circle up there. They'll land there in Jeremy, and then the rest of the way they will drive to Marfranc, the lower yellow circle, in a truck. And it's going to be an adventure because it always is in Haiti. So the mission of New Life for Haiti is to give children a chance at a future, to meet the urgent needs of families, 
to foster new economic op opportunities and to influence cultural thinking toward a sustainable change within the Grandans River Valley on the southern peninsula of Haiti. In the area where we work, the average family lives on less than $1 per day. And only 20% of the children can afford to, to attend school. So we continue to build schools, try to help young people grow up with greater educational and economic opportunities, and bring the love and message of Jesus Christ to people who have very little hope. I'd like to tell you a little bit about the type of work that New Life for Haiti does besides putting roofs on buildings. We build schools, and so far we've built six, like I said before. Every winter and every summer, New Life for Haiti brings American and Haitian pastors together for several days of teaching and encouragement. We also have a medical team that Dr. Dustin Ellis was a part of. He just got back on Thursday with that, from that team. Um, the medical team holds an annual one-week-long medical clinic in an area where there is no other medical service available. And that team just returned from Haiti. And um, the team treats, does things like treats a variety of ailments from diabetes to high blood pressure to much more serious issues. And they've actually performed surgeries as well. New Life for Haiti is the only organization in the Grandans River Valley that has delivered aid after natural disasters for the last 12 years. If you just think about that and let that sink in for a second the only organization working in that area for the last 12 years. In 2010, we helped farmers with seed after terrible floods, and we rebuilt, rebuilt many homes after the devastating earthquake. And New Life for Haiti has spent the better part of this past year helping people recover from Category 5 Hurricane Matthew, whose eye passed directly over the area where we work on October 4th, 2016. I'd like to show you a quick video clip that gives you a window into how we were able to help in the aftermath of Hurricane Matthew. Unfortunately, on October 4th, 2016, just three weeks after Hope opening, the School of Hope was also hit by the very devastating forces of Hurricane Matthew. I am happy to report, however, that the School of Hope was reopened in January of 2017 after damage to the roof was fixed 
and all the books and materials replaced. And not only that, but this past summer, an addition was even put on the School of Hope. Praise God for his provision and blessing over this school. Thank you. And now I would like to tell you, I'm going to show you one more video about a new big project that we have coming up in 2018. Watching this next video will help you understand about why we feel this project is so important in the area where we work. When New Life for Haiti first walked into the remote Grandance River Valley, we found so many needs. Our first thought was to focus on schools because the schools were leaky shacks and there wasn't enough space for all the kids. But then we realized that kids were hungry and so we started a feeding program so that we could feed the children when they came to school. After that, we realized that there wasn't even basic medical care here, so we started to do clinics. And then over time, we realized that even the kids who were coming to school, they really weren't learning very well. So we began a teacher training program, and we started a model school called the School of Hope. As our work unfolded here over the last few years, we knew we weren't solving every problem. But we also knew that we were meeting real needs, things that were really changing people's lives. But then we were blindsided by yet another need. I made seven trips down here last year, and on one of those trips, I became aware of an orphanage housing 26 children. When I visited the orphanage, what I found was heartbreaking. 26 children, from toddlers to teens, living in a tiny house, sleeping on bunk beds with no mattresses, just sleeping on the boards and eating once a day if they were lucky. So the director asked us for help, and of course, we helped him. We bought mattresses for the children, and we started feeding the kids on a regular basis. But then we began to wonder, just how big is this need here? It's not always easy to recognize if kids are actually homeless or living with other people that aren't their family. There are kids everywhere. After more research and asking lots of questions, we discovered an alarming number of vulnerable kids. The poverty in Haiti can make life very chaotic and for a child, completely unpredictable. One parent dies, perhaps the other goes to the capital city looking for work, maybe comes back, maybe doesn't. If both parents die, which is common in a place with no medical care, the child may live with a relative or a neighbor or just literally have no place to go. Here are the facts. The total number of vulnerable children in Haiti is estimated at 1,210,000 or between 20 and 25% of the under 15 population. Vulnerable 
is defined as children who live in households whose parents are starving poor, as well as those who are abandoned, neglected, or abused by family guardians. A recent World Bank study indicates that female-headed and landless households are among the most vulnerable of Haiti's population. Female-headed or landless households comprise 40% of all households in Haiti. In desperate situations, where there's no relative to take a child in, children often become restivics, which means they're given to someone and just used as a domestic servant. This is really a form of slavery in which children often end up malnourished, illiterate, and sometimes sexually abused. We're not naive. We know we can't change everything, but we've also learned that with love and determination, we can make life better in this one region. We want you to meet someone. Her name is Fania. She's a typical seven-year-old girl, but with one exception. She doesn't have any parents. Her father died in 2010 and her mother in 2011, both of cholera. She lives with her grandmother, who can't really care for her because she is blind. Vilex, what do you know about this family? We visited them to find out how they're surviving. They get food from a small garden, which Fania helps with, but it is meager and vulnerable existence. Since her grandmother is disabled and not in good health, Fania is at risk of being homeless or simply being given away to someone, family or otherwise, leaving her vulnerable to slavery and abuse. After getting to know Fania and learning more about her dire circumstances, how do we not do something? It doesn't matter that our budget is stretched thin. We're not walking away. I guess this is where faith comes in. You know, we have our New Life for Haiti house, kind of our base of operations that we built here on the river 10 years ago. Right next to it is a big piece of property owned by the government. It used to be used by some churches here for different things. A few months ago, I asked if we could have it, and they gave it to us. And I'm not sure how, but we're going to build an orphanage right here for boys and girls. Each house will have three bedrooms, a big dining room, a kitchen, and a large sitting porch. And each one will be home to 12 children who will be cared for by good, carefully screened Christian adults. The children will be loved, nurtured in Christ, fed and clothed well, and get to go to school every day. We're going to call it the Village of Hope, a place where boys and girls can find love and the hope of a better life. We're committed to making this happen so that vulnerable children like Fania don't end up falling through the cracks. I hope you agree with me that that's going to be just a much needed and, and great project for us in 2018. And we're in the middle of funding that. So I, we have faith that God's going to make that a reality. So now I'd like to talk about the other main reason why I'm here this morning at Crossroads, other than paying some old friends a visit. 
I'd like to tell you a little bit about New Life for Haiti's child sponsorship program. New Life for Haiti's child sponsorship program is literally the most inexpensive child sponsorship program available right now. For what it could, for what it would cost for you to feed your family of four McDonald's, or what it would cost you to give up one trip to Starbucks a week, for $29 a month, you can be hope and light to children living in a dark world. Your $29 not only represents a lifeline for your child to an American who cares about her and prays for her, but it also allows that child to attend school, which is literally the only hope some of these kids have for breaking the cycle of poverty that they're growing up with. Your $29 gives a child opportunity, something kids in Haiti have very little of. It pays for that child's school tuition, their uniform, two pairs of shoes, school supplies, vitamins, and food made for them at school. And that meal may be the only one that child has that day. But beyond meeting a child's basic needs for food and clothing, your sponsorship of a child in Haiti represents hope. Our, our theme for this year, School of Hope, Village of Hope. Desmond Tutu once said, hope is being able to see that there is light despite all the darkness. Helen Keller said, nothing can be done without hope. And the prophet Jeremiah said, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for a hope and a future. The most important thing your sponsorship represents to a child is just that, hope. And it is difficult to put into words how much that hope can mean to a child, so I'm going to tell you a story to better illustrate that. I used to be a second grade teacher, so I really am going to tell you a story. Once upon a time, there were two children named Celestine and Shana, brother and sister, growing up in a poor, desperate family in the southern peninsula of Haiti. Their father was a hard-working, soft-spoken, gentle man, doing his best to provide for his ten children. He kept a garden on the steep slope of ground next to the family home, which consisted of one room with a dirt floor. Celestine and Shana often struggled to get a restful night's sleep due to their crowded home, the hunger pains that plagued them, and the groans their eldest sister let out throughout the night as she tried to cope with a shattered leg bone for which the family had no money to seek medical care. But Celestine and Shana, and eventually their little sister, Chanceline, and their little brother, Jevonson, were not completely without hope. A new school had recently been built in their community by Americans. The school had brought hope to a community long since forgotten in the valley of the Grandance River. The children began going to school. Their father was proud of his children, and the children were thrilled to have the fancy uniforms they'd only seen other children walk through the countryside in. For the first time in their lives, they had real shoes. Their bellies did not hurt as much because they received hot meals of beans and rice at school some days. One fine day at their school, the School of Hope, Celestine and Shana received a very special delivery, along with several other children at their school. Letters, pictures, and gifts from the Americans who sponsored them and paid for their school. 
The letters were translated into their language, Creole. And Celestine, being the eldest of his siblings to attend school, proudly read his letter and Shana's out loud to the family. The gifts were wonderful. Celestine and Shana had never, ever in their lives received a gift. But the most special, the most wonderful, the most precious gift was not really a gift at all, but the pictures. The pictures of their American sponsors. Celestine and Shana laid their pictures side by side, and they talked, and they compared, and they stared, and they wondered. The letters had said that their American sponsors were praying for them. Imagine that. Celestine and Shana had never had anyone pray for them. They had heard their mother and father's desperate prayers asking God for food to provide for their family many, many times. But never once had someone offered to pray for them, and they liked that. Celestine and Shana decided these most precious pictures and the promise of prayer should stay very close to their hearts always. So wherever they went, they carefully carried those pictures of their sponsors close to their hearts right in their pockets. Whenever they felt sad or scared, like when the hurricane passed right over their house and the wind sucked everything their family owned away, they pulled out those pictures, glad that they had kept them in their pockets so the storm couldn't rob them of those most precious possessions. They pulled those pictures out and ran their fingers gently over their sponsors' faces as they watched their papa harvest roots from the ground for them to eat, the only food left after Hurricane Matthew. Those pictures kept them company when the Americans paid for their mama to spend two weeks in the hospital after she almost died. They looked at those pictures and imagined what they might say to their sponsors when they met them one day as they watched the new house that their sponsors had paid for being built, a house with concrete walls and a roof instead of woven branches and a tarp. And one day, on a muddy trail through the brush, as they walked to fetch water from the river, they pulled out those pictures and proudly showed them to Pastefuan, the kind pastor who had helped build their school. When he saw them, he beamed from ear to ear and pulled out a camera, and they laughed and laughed when he wanted to take pictures of their pictures. And there they are, real children. That's Celestine and Shana. And this is a true story. I want you to know that when you sponsor a child with New Life for Haiti, you are given a relationship with that child. You can write letters to your child, you will receive letters from your child, and you are even given the opportunity to come to Haiti with us on one of our trips to meet your child in person. In fact, we have a trip planned at the end of March where you can come and learn all about the work that we do and meet your sponsored child, and you can learn more about that on our website. When you sponsor a child with New Life for Haiti, you become a very real and meaningful part of a child's life representing hope. Today, as you enter the church, you might have seen the table in the back with photos of children. I'm going to ask you to stop by that table when you leave here this morning. And when you do, I would ask you to take a long look at the children you'll see. And I respectfully ask you to consider becoming a sponsor of one of those kids. Those children are depending on us. Every day we struggle 
to cope with our first world problems, while these kids grow up in the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. If you do sponsor a child, I can promise that you won't regret it. All it takes is $29 a month and you filling out a simple online form. There will be people at the table that can help you find and sponsor a child. And if you do, you'll receive a packet in the mail from me with a picture of your child. So please, consider sponsoring a child today. It isn't just about supporting their financial needs for school. It is about supporting their emotional needs as well and reminding them that someone, even if they are a world away, loves them and prays for them and cares what happens to them. On the slide that's on the screen right now, you'll see a website. Unfortunately, I was having some trouble with our website during the last service. I was hoping that people could come back to the table and use the iPads and sponsor a child right then and there. Not sure if that's working yet or not, because I put in an emergency call to our tech people. Hopefully that's been fixed. But if it has not been fixed, what I'm going to encourage you to do is to look at the children on the table, look at their photos, and if, if there's one that you just feel a connection with, take that card home with you. And if you go to our website, which is www.newlifeforhaiti.org, and you find the section on the homepage that says Sponsor a Child, and click on that. Hopefully, by the time you get home, the website problems will be fixed. But you should be able to do that very easily online. So I'm very grateful to have had the opportunity to speak to you and to share with you all the incredible things that New Life for Haiti has done in the past and is currently doing. And thank you again for making my family and I feel so welcome. Thanks, Marnie, for coming and enlightening us this morning. You know, uh, I appreciate all you guys. You're generous, and you've reached out as we have went out into the world to, to try to be Christ to people. So right now, as at the end of this, uh, would you bow your head with me? Lord, you love us, and I don't think anybody in here can say that you've not blessed us in our lives and the way we live and the standard of living that you've given us. But we realize, Father, that there are people in this world, millions of people that do not have the standard of living that we have. And you have called us, God, to reach in into their lives and uh, to bless them by helping them and supporting them. So right now, Holy Spirit, as we have uh, thought about what we've heard and seen here this morning, may we ponder that in our hearts. And as we reach out to you, Lord, may you lay that on our heart, what we should do, what action that we should do to, to sponsor a child, Father, as you take us to those kids' pictures. So right now, Lord, I just ask that you help us to be obedient to you. We just thank you for Marnie and her family for coming and uh, New Life for Haiti, Lord, and what they continue to do in the Grand Dance River Valley. And thank you for giving us this great opportunity to be a big part of that. We ask all these things in the name of Christ. Amen.